Hello everyone. Uh, today we have an exciting and very knowledgeable guy with us, uh, Jakob. Jakob is currently heading or handling growth at her app, which is a Flinter dating and community app. It's actually a very cool niche in the dating vertical, which is ever growing and allows its users to have a safe space to be their authentic self. Jakob is currently managing a team of great growth contributors uh, across user acquisition, ASO, SEO and content and he's really the man responsible for creating a growth machine that can help them achieve higher um, standards of growth. Jakob has 5 years of experience or over 5 years of experience in the mobile industry with a focus on growth and marketing and he has published some of the great articles on app pricing optimization uh, calculating churn rates and he has been just like a very good thinker in terms of subscriptions and uh, in terms of heading growth and handling growth uh, for many many years uh, i am very nervous to interview yakub because uh, he was one of the people i read a lot about when i was starting out in the journey so it's been uh, it's an honor to have you yakub here today Hello, Karan. Uh, it's an honor for me uh, to be here. Uh, I'm very glad uh, I uh, made it here. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure, man. And uh, Jakob, for anyone who's listening, right? Like maybe we start from you know, just getting a bit of a background from you because you've been in this industry for quite some time. Uh, and I feel like you have so many domain expertise that I didn't know where to start uh, this conversation from. So maybe we can. you can give us a brief intro to what you have been doing before uh, reaching the position that you are at today. Uh, I've started uh, as a, a regular uh, UA guy, uh, like 12 years ago, probably, uh, in a desktop managing Facebook ads and Google ads uh, and whatnot uh, at a time uh, in a online agency. Uh, then I, uh, I was very curious. I'm still very curious. Uh, so I started doing uh, CRMs. Uh, at the time, we just call it emailing. Uh, and then I was also um, uh, like a brand guy uh, in a Czech uh, jobs board called jobs.cz. Uh, then I switched. Uh, I was uh, in Microsoft for uh, three months. Uh, then I felt it's not really a company for me uh, and switched to AppAgent, a uh, very known uh, mobile uh, app company uh, agency. Uh, uh, I still know them very well uh, and I worked for them uh, everywhere I can. Uh, and then uh, what did I do? Yeah, I was in, uh, I was in SDRV. Who are uh, developers, uh, uh, app developers, and also uh, did uh, uh, apps called Zoe uh, and Search uh, that are uh, queer dating apps and gay dating apps. And uh, now, uh, now I'm here at her. That's awesome. So, what? Let, let me rephrase, right? Like, what have you not done in in growth, right? Because you you seem to have touched everything. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of touched everything. That also means I don't know anything in depth, just like, uh, uh, dipping my fingers, uh, into everything is probably my style and I love it. I also was, uh, uh not a developer, but I tried to become a developer. I, obviously it's not a, a place for me. I was also, uh, playing with, uh, WordPress like 20 years ago. So I'm a bit of everything probably. Like, uh, I know there's always been this 
these talks about being a T-shaped marketer. And uh, at least for me, that was uh, from coming from Brian Balfour, um, who I also admire a lot. And, you know, so, but you are one of the, one of the people that I met who's, who might actually truly be eligible to call themselves a T-shaped marketer. So like, how did you achieve that? And do you think it's actually important as well, like in, in today's world, uh, as a skill set, let's say when you're hiring folks or, you know, when you're working with folks? Uh, I think uh, it's becoming more and more important to know more things and connect them. Uh, because as I see growth, uh, it's connecting a little bit uh, of uh, your knowledge from CRM, from UA, from product, from app development. Uh, what I think it's crucial, uh, for example, for every developer, uh, sorry, for every growth marketer is to uh, know how to read developers' um, documents. So uh, API documentation, for example, you don't need to understand it in detail, but you need to understand what it does and if it's benef beneficial for you. Uh, every other um, service offers AI now as a, uh, as a service, uh, as an API, but uh, what exactly it does uh, is still a question, right? So you go to developer's documentation and see, okay, so uh, the input is uh, this, output is this, uh, this is the limitations, and you don't need to spend uh, a few hours on a call with them uh, and you know what they're offering. Uh, so that's uh, one of the benefits of uh, being a T-shaped marketer uh, that uh, I become basically by trying different things uh, for a really long time. I can relate to it a lot because uh, I, I started out in CRM and as I was doing more and more CRM, I started uh, looking at subscriptions and uh, honestly articles like yourselves and, uh, you know, just following people like you and uh, also then trying my hand with like a few clients here and there uh, actually enabled me to then like know more than a lot of other folks. And I felt like, ah, okay, so good advice keep clicking on buttons, keep learning. And that's how, that's how you move ahead. Um, cool, man. And, uh, what about now? Like what's your role at her? Uh, I know before this call, you were mentioning about like, you know, the role changing since you joined. Um, so what has been, uh, you know, your journey at her? Uh, I recently stepped down uh, as a head of growth and um, uh, now I'm just doing growth at her. Uh, honestly, I'm much happier because we found uh, much better managers and also the, the culture of managers is like really high uh, at her uh, and uh, at, from, at one point you just like feel like you, you, you can't do it uh, the, the right way as well as doing your job, uh, the, the job you love, uh, doing growth. Uh, so uh, I basically had no other option, although I was um, I was asked if I don't want to, to change my mind and uh, I was offered to, to be supported in like growing into the managerial role, uh, but I felt that I can be uh, more beneficial and happier just uh, trying. Uh, different things and experimenting. How has that evolved uh, from like a people management role to uh, an individual contributor? And like, you know, I would love to know more about what did you mean when you said that there's a, there's a culture of managers at her and what was that culture look like? And, you know, what does that sort of, how does it change? Uh, yeah. What I, uh, what I meant by that is uh, the, the, 
the, the culture in her is uh, is pretty high. So uh, we got uh, uh, a lot of uh, different things that uh, we attend and we care about each other. Uh, uh, we got this recommendations uh, what we uh, like should do and how to think about customers and the team. And uh, uh, as a manager, uh, you don't. You, you not only need to uh, obey uh, everything uh, that is like a, uh, basically your uh, Bible, uh, but also you uh, need to come up with uh, uh, different uh, solutions and processes. Uh, and actually, processes are the, the thing that uh, scares me the most, as I'm able to uh, to obey them and do that, but uh, I my nature is to wink everything. So uh, in order to come up with the good processes uh, that uh, comes with uh, your team getting bigger and bigger uh, is something that I just like hate personally. And there are much better people in managing, uh, in coming up with processes, like my current manager, uh, Taylor, uh, who's, uh, who's a great boss. Uh, I'm not afraid to, to uh, tell it everyone. And uh, she she was offering me to stay in growth in managerial role but I just couldn't and I, uh, I'm, I'm much happier just doing growth and uh, for me it was also a learning that uh, the, the management path is not uh, the only path you can take you can stay happily where you are if, if your team is great and you trust them uh, you can stay uh, whenever you are and just uh, be happy or happier Absolutely. I think uh, this is a very big jump, um, you know, not to get off topic a lot, but I think there's like, it's a big jump for a lot of people. It was definitely like a subject of study, right? It's not something you just get into and sort of ace from day one, but it's something that you get better at um, with practice and, you know, uh, with learning, hopefully. Um, but that's cool, man. And uh, then, you know, now, what does it mean then that, uh, you know, what do you, what do you work on, uh, in terms of growth, uh, at her right now? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, uh, I'm working on a organic part of growth right now. The most interesting, uh, part, uh, so far, uh, because, uh, uh, the usual understanding of organic, uh, we call it earned, uh, is, uh, ASO, uh, it's maybe SEO, uh, it's, um, I don't know, something else, uh, probably organic results um, somewhere else in some different search engines or whatnot, uh, but there's uh, much more in it. Uh, so it kind of uh, meets with uh, brand marketing, but it's not because uh, this uh, marketing we are doing uh, still needs to be performance heavy. Uh, and it needs to be scalable. So it's not about uh, sending a, a vehicle uh, at Bright. Uh, it's finding ways how to scale organically without ASO. Uh, like ASO is still a, a tiny part of it, but honestly, I don't think uh, we have place uh, for growth in ASO that much. Uh, so now it's uh, on us to find new ways how to grow uh, and uh, break this uh, glass ceiling we are currently uh, at. So a lot of different experiments and testing. Well, yeah, that's super interesting. And uh, also because of, you know, how slowly, at least that's what I hear in the market, right? Like how paid marketing and paid advertisements, let's say, is getting tougher and tougher uh, as the space gets more crowded. Um, 
you know, so what what has been your learning so far in terms of just looking at this paid marketing versus own channels trajectory, right? Because they both entail very different type of uh, growth tactics, let's say. Um, and they also involve a lot of different thinking, maybe. Like maybe when you're trying to build a brand, it's more long-term versus uh, having a short-term view. Uh, what, ha- what have been your thoughts on this whole paid versus organic? And like maybe why do you think folks need to pay more attention to organic if that's what you believe in? Uh, I think so, uh, because paid, uh, it's also, and like, uh, that's, uh, that might, might be uh, one of, uh, the messages, like it's both paid just different way. Right. So we still need uh, to invest money and efforts, uh, in, uh, organic or earned, uh, it's just a different way how to uh, achieve things. So in paid, it's about, uh, um, creatives, it's about right at network, but we found uh, that, uh, it has this uh, this ceiling that we are not able to um, to push through from various types of, uh, of reasons, uh, but uh, mainly because uh, we are so niche that it's very hard for us to to use uh, like additional ad networks that uh, more than we are currently using. Uh, so then we turn to earned, and uh, uh, we've been testing uh, different partnerships. We've been testing uh, uh, different ways how to. Um, make uh, media uh, notice us, um, PR, uh, and uh, also we are testing ways how to uh, make use of uh, our users Mm -hmm. uh, because we know that they are happy with the with the product more or less. Uh, they stay uh, at the platform uh, for some time and they are swiping, uh, meeting people. And while uh, they are doing it, uh, we can also try to make them uh, do some things uh, like share something hmm. from us. And we know that uh, from the user surveys uh, and user interviews we are doing that they probably won't be sharing the app itself. Then that's the reason why they are in the app in the first place. They don't know that many other people, queer people, mm-hmm. uh, they would uh, turn to. Uh, so they are swiping uh, some other queer folks, uh, but they might be sharing uh, among their friends uh, something that we create. Uh, something like uh, uh, last our last experiment that was uh, a Zodiac uh, sign uh, compatibility uh, for different reasons queer people are into zodiac signs uh, and uh, we uh, created a very simple uh, web app uh, uh, that um, compares their compatibility pairs, uh, based on their birthday and they can share it uh, it's meant to be funny not uh, precise uh, from the uh, zodiac buff perspective uh, but still uh, it uh, creates some value and we are actively encouraging uh, to share uh, and uh, they do and it's funny because uh, as they share the more people see our branding more people download our, our app uh, so it's like it mutual beneficial and uh, this is just the beginning we are still learning uh, but the message uh, from from this is uh, it works if it's done well if you know the community if you know our, uh, your users and if you are uh, scrappy enough uh, to make it happen under I don't know like thousand uh, dollars and under two two weeks and if you are able to create enough of those experiments 
like this, uh, you'll, you'll be a, a soon able to tell what works the best uh, out of uh, um, things you are doing. Wow. And this is very interesting, right? Because uh, as far as sharing goes, then there is always these share your app uh, prompts, right? And that's like sort of the industry norm. But what you're saying is that you develop apps that are maybe something that if I was in the community, I would go out at dinner parties or talk to my friends and then bring this topic up, right? Like you're looking for these kind of, uh, let's say, shareable products and then you're trying to involve or get involved in these conversations that these uh, community members might be having with their friends. Uh, is that right? Yes, conversations, uh, but mainly uh, like uh, be being shared at the end of uh, each activity, like quiz, like games, is something something that we are after because then you get to uh, different uh, talks and different places, like very personal places like Messenger. So it's like a personal recommendation uh, of its own. And we know that uh, not everyone will download the app uh, based on this, uh, but uh, we also know that uh, the, the brand exposure uh, to a very relevant people uh, makes them come uh, in the long term. And we know uh, that people will eventually come more time than just once. It's not utility, it's dating app. So people are coming back after a few months or even years. Nice. This is interesting. I have so many questions, right, around uh, how do you, for example, uh, test this, right? Like, or are, is your uh, approach to test it and do it in a way that you test a control group and a test group and see the uplifts and things like that? Or is it more like, let's build things because we have a clear hypothesis, we know people are going to share, uh, let's build it and see, you know, see it role because it's also having a long tail effect right it's not something that you build and you see results very quickly but it's probably as you said right it possibly takes a few months before things start accumulating together so how do you how are you looking at measurement and understanding if it actually is a successful uh, venture well we know that our users uh, are not sharing the app almost at all just based on on its nature uh, so um, we uh, we benefit from uh, any other actions they they do as as the average user does uh, and uh, we are only seeking the best possible uh, ways how to get shared uh, somewhere else because it's almost for free right uh, so right now we are building this um, multiple mini sites uh, space that we just pick uh, uh, best out of, uh, out of those uh, and based on occasion, on time, on some uh, user behavior uh, or user preference, uh, we pick one and ask them to share or just like take part and if they like it, they share afterwards. And in the long term, it creates a lot of impressions that are uh, for free, and uh, it almost uh, um, competes uh, with a, a regular paid marketing if it's done well. That's cool. And how many how many such products have you built so far? Like, how has this route been for you? Uh, we are uh, just uh, at the beginning. Uh, we uh, last 
year 2022 uh we've been working on um on seo and our uh, our site to be uh seo friendly uh we've started creating a lot of articles uh we got uh, our own uh, uh seo manager and content manager uh they're like both great and i trust them fully and based on their work we are now expanding uh on uh, doing more things like those mini sites so we got like three uh at this point uh very like uh, close to uh, what our users uh, are asking for uh, and then uh, our intention to to build um, uh, uh, is to build uh, like three per quarter maybe four per quarter uh, for every occasion uh, and calendar event possible uh, and then every year you can uh, build more or just repeat uh, and ask more users uh, to come. It also serves as a as a some hint uh, for product uh, what to build as well. It's very easy to to build it uh, as a as a website. Uh, it takes like week or two uh, the, the the technical build build itself, uh, and then like all together three weeks to to deliver uh, from the initial idea. Uh, if you have time for it to do the final build build uh, and then. Um, it's done and you can uh, use it anytime. But even before that, uh, you uh, you can uh, do a smoke test. So uh, we got this list of like 20, 25 ideas that we've tested so far. It's like uh, uh, it's, uh, we, we are using Brace. So uh, as a user, uh, you can see a slide up, just a small banner in the app that says, uh, with very like easy language, hey, are you interesting, uh, interested in doing this? Uh, just click and then you get the message. Oh, sorry, it's not ready yet, but thanks for, for your interest. We'll let you know uh, whenever it's ready. Uh, so we know what iOS is into and we built uh, all the many sites based uh, on that. That's wonderful. And that's such a uh, hacky, but very systemized hacky way of getting through to, to growth that I love it. Uh, I actually had another follow-up to that, right? Because uh, what you're speaking of is is such a good, you know, it speaks to a great growth culture at the company. Like it seems like folks are willing to try out stuff and, you know, do and break things. Um, and going back to your uh, comment before, right? Like there's also uh, a lot of folks who are actually looking at growth in different uh, in different terms, in terms of managing people and stuff like that. Uh, so I was wondering, like, you know, how is the team structured uh, at her, right? Like, how does this, uh, these kind of projects, like, do you assemble a team for short term and then sort of disassemble? Um, or is it a team that you always have in place and who is responsible for uh, working on these kind of projects? We are uh, still a pretty small house. Uh, we are like 25 uh, full-time uh, people. Uh, so it's mainly uh, me, uh, then uh, Danny, who's doing uh, all the texting and uh, content. And it's usually some freelancer outside the company who uh, does uh, the, the, the web build uh, itself. And then we use Brace. Uh, we got Laura, who's uh, the CRM master, uh, and does it. So it's just like three people inside the company and maybe one uh, outside uh, doing it as like part-time job uh, to uh, do their like full-time startup uh, job so it's additional uh, additional work for them this is such a this is a very exciting space and i think you have got an exciting setup as well uh, very uncommon in ways 
uh, as well, uh, you know, from what I see at least. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of success uh, along the way, man. A lot of learnings as well. A lot of learnings as well. And, you know, and talking about learnings, right? Like what have your, uh, has there been others type of learnings that you'd like to share in, in your, you know, so in what seems like tons of experiments? Uh, what has been some of your other, you know, arenas where you have tested things and, you know, what you might have to share? Because I know you are a guy who ha- always has these super concrete case studies and very to the point case studies. So I would love to uh, know if you can share some of the other learnings as well. Uh, yeah, it, what uh, it may, may seem like a success. It's basically uh, a lot, uh, a lot, a lot of uh, different tests, and some of them are successful. Most of them are not. Uh, so just doing uh, a lot of experiments uh, makes sense. Uh, so uh, even after being in growth for um, five, six years, say, uh, I still can't say what experiment will uh, be successful and what not. Uh, so mm-hmm. for me, it's uh, creating, uh, or maybe for the company, it's about creating uh, this environment uh, where you have your goals, but the way to achieve them is on you, uh, makes, uh, makes it happen. Uh, mm. I certainly have more things uh, to share uh, because uh, last year we've also been playing a lot with uh, with pricing, for example, and uh, different um, different tests uh, about segmentations. But what comes out of it uh, is mm. basically a notion that uh, it's it's different. And it depends, and I can't tell you like one concrete tip that uh, would mm. make anyone else happy. And uh, I'm all, almost like backing out from recommending any anything to anyone uh, because I can't tell for sure. Uh, maybe I can tell for sure that it won't it won't work for for them uh, with uh, like seventy percent certainty. I think that's the that's the beautiful part, by the way. Like like. Uh that if you've worked in uh, growth for so many years, you should especially be able to say that you don't know what's going to work, right? Like that's one thing that uh, you you get to learn when you're in this space. So uh, sorry to stop you, by the way. I just wanted to know, like maybe before, uh, you know, before you get into the learnings, could you provide with an overview of how are you looking at growth, right? Like how were you, when you started and you were thinking about experiments, what were some of the areas that you were looking at and how did you sort of find your way around saying, okay, this is what we should experiment with? Maybe walk through the process, uh, if not the concrete uh, use cases or, you know, concrete case studies itself. So you would like uh, to talk uh, the measurements and uh, like uh, North, North Stars we are using? Uh, it could be. Uh, maybe- uh, or how did you even start structuring the job, right? Like how did you start structuring growth and uh, coming up with the experiments and coming up with things that you wanted to do? Uh, maybe knowing your process would help a lot of folks understand how to do it for themselves, you know? Uh, so I remember when I started, uh, I uh, turned to the obvious things like, uh, okay, let's see the, uh, the ASO, ASO part. Uh, let's see the UA. Uh, when I joined, uh, joined I also did uh, race CRM uh, for a bit as well. So 
I try to do everything at once uh, with a certain level of success. Uh, but uh, pretty soon I found out that uh, this is something that uh, I can't push forward. So I, I just left the SEO, uh, uh, sorry, ISO lying down and focused on things that I uh, figured that uh, have uh, like higher potential in the long term. In growth, everything is long term. You can, maybe you can hack yourself through some things, uh, but uh, it, it always has limits and building on like solid grounds, uh, not on sand, uh, makes sense in long term. So the, the more content you have, the more content you can repurpose, uh, the more uh, content uh, you can also like uh, I don't know restructure and use on YouTube if it's uh, it's if it's written. So it was also a lot about content and uh, working uh, that content into into web. It led me to the realization. Okay, maybe. Uh, we need to rebuild the web and then I was into weeds of okay now we do SEO and content uh, so it was a lot of different things uh, but uh, yeah if uh, if uh, I changed my job uh, I would be looking into uh, ASO anyway first because usually that's the the quickest um, the fastest uh, thing to to look at without anyone else like uh, I, uh, I would have I, I, I would probably like look at uh, different uh, things uh, uh, that are happening uh, during the onboarding. But the thing is, uh, when you join, you don't understand why uh, are those things like that. You don't have the data, uh, you don't have uh, anything else, and you don't have the trust of the others that you do things right. So everything takes time. But after all, uh, you can you can uh, convince people to uh, to do your test as well, but uh, it's not uh, like straight away. Absolutely, and that's a, that's a very good insight into like how it works. Also, as a journey, right? You can't go in and expect to work on onboarding, and also understand the users, uh, not only internal, right? But also just understanding what users want from the app, and you're you're new to the space, so you. Uh, you also probably want some time to get to understand what the feedback is and how other users responding um, and saying what right and listening to those needs. Um, from that point, like how did you get onto these pricing tests that you were going to speak about just before I interrupted hmm. you? Uh, we got uh, we got some hypotheses uh, to test. Um, so, for example, uh, we wanted to uh, adjust price a little uh, to certain uh, level of users because we know that uh, a large portion of users that are, is coming uh, is uh, from 18 to 24. Uh, so it's basically students, right? They uh, they might not have uh, enough money uh, to to pay all their subscriptions. So we uh, we are thinking that maybe if we uh, offer a little sale, uh, they will stick a little longer, uh, subscribe uh, a little more, etc., etc. Uh, and uh, this went with a few other uh, segments like that. Uh, but it seems that uh, just playing with pricing without playing with, uh, with the value of the app uh, doesn't make sense in the long term. You might or in our case, we had some smaller wins, but nothing huge really. So like it almost uh, uh, didn't make sense to, to do it uh, at all. 
but for learning. Um, and also one of my early idea uh, that I, uh, I have tested myself uh, was uh, to, uh, to try focus on um, on I come up with myself, not to, uh, did myself was to to focus on um, people that are paying. So how can we identify uh, potential payers out of everyone that uh, will come uh, to the app uh, and um, uh, and ask them to to pay, uh, prompt them, uh, show them um, the paywall more because. After all, uh, the idea is uh, if if you do it right, uh, those are people who are uh, who have the money and are uh, usually the payers uh, because of like certain uh, data points uh, we've tested uh, or identified. Uh, so they'll pay more, right? And uh, it was a huge fail uh, because it seems that it's very hard to identify those people because uh, if you are trying to identify people based on like uh, a few percent, say so 5% of your like uh, total user base, uh, it's very few data points you can, uh, you can use. So it turns out it's much better to identify uh, users that are not willing to pay and offer them something than vice versa. So that's mm. also uh, one of the learnings. Very interesting. It's similar to almost like these churn reduction uh, algorithms, right? Like that companies yeah. try to build. I have almost never seen it work uh, perfectly in any company that I've worked at. And I, I feel like it's all, it's kind of the same uh, because you're trying to, you know, identify users who are going to churn. But in most cases, your time and energy and money is well spent there uh, to, you know, to focus on um, maybe having some indication of like if someone's going to churn, but then trying to recover those users and, um, you know, who have decided to go uh, part ways and being a bit more sophisticated on that side of things um, goes a long way. Very interesting. And, you know, what were some of the other things? Because, uh, you know, so you looked at uh, ASO, you looked at user acquisition in general, you did some sort of CRM uh, strategies and tactics as well. You looked at pricing, for example. What were some of the other areas that you were looking at as well? Uh, just uh, surveying uh, and uh, doing interviews uh, with users. Uh, mm -hmm. As I uh, turned out, I didn't understand community uh, that well. Uh, we uh, we had uh, uh, a lot of like different users as well. Uh, so just learning about those users and what they want usually and how how difficult is the uh, is dating online because i haven't been dating uh for like i don't know 12 years uh so uh it's uh, a very like a uh, very odd and old uh, experience uh, i had with dating and uh, i think it's important to uh, to know that in dating uh the, the experience itself sucks. Uh, it's um, and even if your product is great, and mm. like hardly any product is great, uh, your 
uh, experience will be uh, vastly influenced uh, by uh, by this by this like uh, terrible experience you get mm-hmm. uh, as like being date, uh, on a dating market. Um, so the the thinking of users is different. Uh, users don't expect that much out of any dating app. They just want to to meet people and sort them uh, themselves. And every mm. meeting in real life is a is a huge win for us uh, because if we we made uh, someone connect to someone else at least like uh, for a little bit of time. Also, mm-hmm. uh, it's different kind of apps. Uh, we are not uh, for hookups usually, um, or like majority of our uh, users is not after hookups that much. So it's also uh, something that you need to be aware of uh, when you are promoting the app somewhere. Um, Etc. Etc. So just talking with people, uh, interviewing and surveying them, uh, and I think this is uh, this is important. Like uh, uh, you, you hear a lot. Hey, talk with users. Like uh, just get them to McDonald's and show them the app. Uh, and listen what they uh, have to say about the app. Uh, it's it's worthy. Uh, but also like doing surveys, like with type form inside the app, uh, will tell you much about their interests and what they're after. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think this gets thrown around as a tactic that, uh, you know, in typical conferences, right, like what you to your point, you always hear like, oh, interview your users, talk to them. But oftentimes, when you go back to the drawing table, you are like, what should I be asking? And uh, maybe it involves a lot of other resources as well. Um, one of the fastest ways I've seen is maybe like something someone like Braze, you can do shoot out these very quick user surveys and get instant feedback from like, you know, how are people using your product that are typically way more useful than doing an in-depth kind of, you know, research on like what your user needs. Uh, Maybe you can be fast and hacky in that sense as well, right? Like in terms of generating those insights. Uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, th- this is something you can do very easily with Brace. If you are fighting with uh, your user acquisition, uh, acquisition sources, uh, you mm. can do this uh, where you know us from uh, survey. Uh, uh, you can see it even in in large apps like Duolingo or Calm. Uh, with every onboarding, they're asking you uh, this question. And actually, we we had this uh, this revelation uh, with uh, with it as well. As mm-hmm. it seems that uh, one of the um, ad networks we are using uh, is uh, is TikTok, and uh, it's like okay performance. It's not uh, the best, but it's very good. But uh, with using uh, together with using the survey, we found out that. Uh, Basically, uh, one of uh, every every fourth install is coming from TikTok uh, unnoticed. So we are getting uh, incremental installs out of TikTok that we we wouldn't know if we didn't do this uh, this survey. That's very interesting, and especially with all these transparency measures coming into play and privacy measures coming into play, I guess this is going to be becoming more and more of a tactic, right? Like where you need to have users tell you where they are coming from, and that helps you understand or at least understand your ad spend budgets as well, right? Like it helps you make decisions that typically rely on hard data. Well, the data is getting softer, so uh, maybe this is a great way of tackling that. Um, very interesting, Jakob. Any any other areas uh, that you have looked into for growth and uh, any other experiments that you would like to talk about? Um, uh- 
the other experiments I got is uh, mostly unsuccessful uh, experiments uh, we did, uh, but I'm not shy to, to share it. Uh, as uh, we uh, we did a lot of experiments with different ad networks like Tabula or uh, Reddit, Quora. It's like more niche ad networks, but uh, usually the, the the kind of performance you get is not worth or wasn't worth for us. Uh, maybe it's us. Uh, and for some other apps, uh, uh, it will work better. Uh, but I think that uh, they are not just able to um, to optimize for installs uh, as as good as uh, the the major uh, players in the field. So I would probably slightly discourage uh, growth people uh, from using it, unless you got like very special or you are very niche. Um, also, uh, that two app isn't like straight weight uh, way uh, for us. Um, what else? Um, maybe uh, one thing that worked that has worked for us in the past uh, from pricing um, region uh, is uh, is adding tiers to to the subscription because uh, even if uh, uh, even if your uh, users um, are willing uh, to pay, um, some people are willing to pay more. So um, even if you're not, uh, you are not like applying dynamic pricing, which is very hard uh, to get it right. Uh, some people are uh, don't care about the, um, how much they are paying, and they just want uh, the best value. So introducing tiers uh, on iOS a few years ago and on Android last year uh, helped us a lot in terms of revenues. So that might be one thing uh, to um, to think about when you think about uh, pricing. So like uh, if, if I say uh, I'm almost certain uh, none of my tips will work, uh, this is uh, the tip uh, I'm like less certain it, it won't work. I have been a huge fan of hybrid pricing as well. Like I've seen this work not only in terms of tiers, right? Like in terms of capturing all the audiences and all their, let's say, willingness to pay. But then I've also seen that uh, if you add, you know, one-time purchases for some of the apps that have worked brilliantly, whereas some of the apps, it just tanks. Uh, Nothing works and you play with pricing for a month and you see nothing moves the needle, right? So it's a really subjective so I know we just have very few minutes left. So I'm just going to ask you for, you know, a broad overview. And I'm going to ask you for a very last question, which is, you know, what is one thing in this space uh, and in your experience that you feel people should be talking about or people should be knowing more about, but they just don't? Uh, if you have a app only business, focus on a web uh, there's still uh, much more people searching for you on a web than uh, in the App Store. Uh, so you uh, have your web uh, website ready. Uh, and also uh, something uh, pretty recent that came out uh, our social networks and PR um, initiatives. Uh, people will talk uh, about you a lot more if you make them angry. 
and if you take some like hard position on something, and if your brand stands for something, uh, let them know, let the others know that you stand for it. Uh, you'll get also a lot of haters, uh, but I think uh, people will remember you for what you stand for if you have a chance to, to be unique in some way. Absolutely. I'm a huge st student of psychology and I uh, read somewhere, I think it was Facebook who did this actually uh, research. And if I find it, I'm going to send it to you, which was basically if you, if they note uh, reactions and engagement with posts that were polarizing and aggressive, I think it was four times as much to a post, which was, uh, let's say a bit more uh, neutral and absolutely thank you so much Jacob for for being here and uh, for talking with me uh, it was such a pleasure man and uh, I just on last notes if anyone wanted to reach out to you how can they do that um, I'm on Twitter, uh, so uh, search for Kuba, like, a, like an ally with K at the beginning, uh, Kuba Chor, that's my surname, at Twitter, uh, or reach me at uh, jacob at vrherd.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jacob. Thank you, Karen. It was a pleasure. Nice to meet you again.